Amén. Buenas tardes, hermanos y hermanas. Es un placer increíble, un gusto tan grande para mí poder estar aquí con ustedes pasando este tiempo y compartiendo buenas noticias. Gracias por la invitación. And if you don't speak Spanish, I'll translate that for you. It is uh, great to be here with you today. It's so exciting for Michelle and I to get to come and worship with you and take communion with you and, uh, and, and, and share some of the good news from around the world and especially the good news from God. It's, it really is an honor for us to be here with you uh, Uh, we, I was looking around, I didn't realize I know so many people, there's so many heroes in this room for Michelle and I, of course the Neelands and Reese does such an incredible job being an advocate, a spokesman for Hope Worldwide, uh, Reese thank you so much, we are so grateful to you. But also to see the Fuquays here, the Luas, the Fongs, and, and so many people that are very, very special to Michelle and I. And, uh, and it's, you know, you never know who you're going to run into. We ran into, or I see Robin Connie Cosby. Last time I saw him was 28 years ago. Uh, we were all newlyweds. Uh, wow. You know, the family that we have, the kingdom family that we have. And we have one of our Hope Heroes with us today. We have the director of Hope Scouts. Do you guys have Hope Scouts? Okay, wait till your preteens find out. You will have Hope Scouts. There, it, it was started by a group of preteens in New Jersey. It is now spread across the country. How many groups do we have, troops? Uh, 76. 76 troops in how many countries? 11 countries, and this is all preteen run with some adult supervision, but it's a grassroots movement, they started, but the director is Kelly Baldwin, and I think, believe Kelly used to be part of the LA Church. The first thing I want to say to all of you is thank you. Thank you for your years of support, your devotion, your dedication, your sacrifices. Uh, you are a ministry that has given year after year after year to help people around the world who are in need, who are suffering, who have no other way to get to a doctor or to get medicine or to rebuild their lives after a disaster. And I know that, you know, you give and give and give and, you, and most of you will never see them or never hear from their lips a thank you. So on their behalf of the children around the world, disaster victims, people who were able to be saved because of a doctor's visit or a nurse's visit, I want to say on their behalf to you, thank you. Thank you so much. What you do has a huge impact. How you give, how you serve. And, and many of you have packed up and gone around the world and served. And you've gone down to Mexico and served. You've gone around the world. You've gone to Cambodia or Bolivia or Africa. To the many places that we have or India and you've served. And many of you sacrificed and, and, and given freely and generously so that others could go and serve. And I just want you to know how grateful everybody is. And we all know, most importantly, God is watching. And God is pleased by such generosity. So thank you on behalf of the Hope Worldwide family around the world and all of us. 
I want to start today with a video that we showed that was the opening video at our conference recently at Hope Worldwide. We'll show that. And I think it kind of sets us up for what we're going to share and what we're going to, the scriptures we're going to look at.
because of your love and your sacrifices and your support and your willingness to volunteer everywhere from right here in Los Angeles area to faraway places in India and Cambodia and Africa, we've really become a truly global organization. Uh, this, this is our Google map where we have programs moving, going, serving, making a difference. And you can see we're all over the place. I was at a recent United Nations meeting and I was sitting there at the table and I'm sitting there with representatives from World Vision, Red Cross, from all these huge NGOs. And I'm thinking, I feel like a, I feel like a mouse at an elephant convention because they're so much bigger than we are. And they're asking me, so what countries are you in? And I start going down the list as well. It's about 70 countries where we, everyone's, wow! And I think, they have no idea how small we are. But we have a huge impact. And that's mostly because wherever something happens in the world, we have family there. We have disciples there. And they jump to action and they're out there serving. And oftentimes they are the first responders. And that's the reputation we have as Hope Worldwide. That we are the first responders. We're the first on site. We're the first serving and helping others. And our, particularly our disaster relief services have have. have, have gotten global notoriety even uh, I went to uh, one of the offices of the United Nations and uh, the, the director of OCHA the office for coordinating humanitarian affairs he said he said I love your guys' organization you guys have the best volunteers in the whole world he said your volunteers are always happy they're eager you guys are the group that say you'll bring a hundred and you'll bring 120 will show up he says most groups say they'll bring 120, show up, and they you know they grumble and they're tired. But your people are always happy, and and you know of course Charles and I are looking at each other. And, well, we know why, because they're disciples of Jesus, and they love to give. And we have had so many. We've been quite busy for the last year and a half with all the different hurricanes and earthquakes and disasters happening around the world. Incredible things are happening. You know, a lot of you know that last summer, last fall. Uh, we had some pretty intense things happening from earthquakes in Mexico to three hurricane, uh, two category fives that went through places where we have churches, established churches. And what an amazing thing that was. Uh, I got to say a couple of quick things uh, up there. In the, I have Trinidad up there because in Trinidad, it's a small island with a very small church. But a couple of the sisters heard about one of the local islands not having anything. So they rented a boat, loaded up with supplies and took off. Two single sisters and just handed out food. And now we're planning a church there in Trinidad because they made so much in the island off of Trinidad where they they made so many relationships. And of course in uh, Puerto Rico, which is which is just devastated and still is having a really difficult time recovering. We now have an ongoing program there helping the community. But it was really a miracle of how the churches just came together all across the southeast. And Florida churches just started sending supplies down to the South Florida church, to the Broward building, where we stacked up everything, we loaded up in, 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 uh, in containers and shipped it off to Puerto Rico. And every step of the way, we, we did what was impossible. Everybody said, one, you can't ship, nobody's shipping to Puerto Rico. If it gets there, it's going to sit there for months because nobody's hauling containers out. And if you can haul a container out, you don't have any trucks because all the truck drivers are devastated and nobody's around. 
And it all happened like clockwork. Boom, 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 boom. Somebody knew somebody who knew somebody who had a truck there who got all the permission for us. And it just... Oh, and even they said, you don't have a place to store everything. This brother had a warehouse full of supplies. He said, I'd love to help you, but I'm full. The day before, the day, actually the day after we asked him, somebody called him and bought everything in his warehouse. I mean, tell me that isn't God. And they just cleared out his warehouse so we could load everything into his warehouse. It's just incredible how God moves. And of course, we continue to do great things in the places that you've heard about over the years, in Cambodia, in Africa. Uh, you know, so exciting what's happening with our youth. We're getting, we've been very involved with the United Nations. United Nations, uh, because of a, actually connected, we were connected by a, a group of sisters who live in Northern California to be part of a hackathon. The United Nations is doing a hackathon. That's basically where they get a bunch of people together and they tackle world issues, global issues. And they ask, well, can you, do you have any great, young, sharp, young people? Oh yeah, we got them. They said, well, can you send some to Geneva? So we sent some to Geneva at the world headquarters, the United Nations, and they blew it up. They did awesome. They were shining. People, people uh, there were telling us, you have incredible people. They were actually leading the discussions by the end of the workshop. Then we did it again in Stanford. And Kelly's been helping to organize all that and, and send people. Uh, it's just incredible what's happening. And I tell you, you know, the, the, there's something about the youth today that they understand that we are a global village. They've grown up in a world very different than the world we grew up in, where everybody really is connected. And I'm so proud of our youth, our teens and our campus and our preteens, because they have a heart for suffering all over the world. They have a heart for everybody everywhere. So thank you guys, and we'll keep you guys busy. I just got back from meetings in, in, in the United Nations, uh, where we're really there's a massive coordinated effort to work the NGOs with the United Nations, with corporate leaders, with government leaders. Uh, it's really incredible what's, what's happening. There's a goal to end extreme poverty by the year 2030. And already in 15 years, everybody working together, we've knocked that down to less than half of what it was. So incredible things happening there. You know, we know that our world is going through a lot right now. I mean, all you got to do is turn on the news. And there's a lot happening out there. There's one of those scriptures you always kind of wonder about that Paul had said in Romans. He said, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. It's one of those scriptures where you're not sure exactly what does he mean by that. We know there's some kind of a spiritual thing going on that connects the whole world, even the physical world, with the spiritual world. That we all feel it. When things are bad, we feel it. We know it. We know we're in the last days since Jesus came. We're in the last days. And we know that there would be troubles and there will be challenges. And we know that things are being amped up. I think that in... We don't know when Jesus is going to come back. He might come back. In 10 years, He might come back. In about 10 minutes, he might come back in a thousand years. I think that if he doesn't come back in a long time, kids will study about this time period. 
of how dramatically the world changed. The technological, technological advances drove drastic social, economic, political, and even religious changes in the world. And it's happening, and we see it. We turn on the news, and our whole world is in turmoil. I mean, we live in a bit of a bubble living in Southern California. We don't see it's not in our face. But as one who's traveling a lot, and I see it, working for Hope Worldwide has been a huge blessing. It's also been very convicting. It's also changed me. Because I've now been given a tour of the world's worst. The poorest, neediest, and most suffering of Africa, of Asia, of Latin America, of the Middle East. I've run from refugee camp to refugee camp. And seen people who were doctors and business owners and teachers living under bridges, scraping out a living. And I've seen it in the United States, in our inner cities, in Europe, in the slums, in the refugee camps. And God has shown me things that He normally only sees. And He sees it all over in people who live nearby. And sometimes, you know, we sign up and we go on a youth corps, or we go on a, a medical corps, or we go on a volunteer corps, and we see it. And everybody who does, I see it in their eyes. I see it when they come back. They've had an awakening. They've been, they've been disturbed by what they've seen. And they always come back saying, how can people live like this? And the fact is, half our planet, 3 billion people, live on less than $75 a month. Imagine trying to pay your rent feed your kids buy them school clothes pay for school which most of the world has to pay for it if they want a decent education buy them medicines and if you have a kid that has any special needs or special medicines imagine doing all that on $75 a day a billion of those are children 1.6 billion we have millions who live not on $75 a day but on 30 a month $37 a month 1.3 billion and imagine doing all that on that God sees this every day and, and and normally we get to go come back I get to come back to my home in San Diego but God stays there with them God is there with them God is in the slums and God is in the, 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 the barrios and he's in the, he's in the ghettos and He's in all these places with them. And He hears their prayers. He hears their cries. And I think about sometimes, can you imagine being God and hearing all this every day? I mean, I have one thought, I think, gosh, how sweet the prayers of disciples must be when we just praise Him and thank Him. How awesome that must sound to Him. And all day He's hearing the prayers around the world 
of people who are trying to keep their kids alive, who are hoping their kids won't get blown up or shot on the way to school. And this is the real world out there that God is watching. I think all those prayers from all those people, and He understands every one of them, and He cares about every one of them. The millions that are marching. Just last year alone, 15 million displaced people carrying their children. I talked to families that were in Italy in a refugee camp and they had to choose which kids to leave behind in Turkey because they couldn't afford it. It was $2,000 for a seat on a raft and they couldn't afford to bring all their kids. So they had to pick who stays, who goes. And they're on the march. And even here in the United States, we're going through our own things. And we're going through our own suffering, our own challenges. And people are hurt and people are angry and people are marching. I mean, they're marching like in the millions, literally. I mean, I remember I was a kid in the 60s and I'd see these marches on TV. Today, they would dwarf any of those. Millions of teens marching. There's a lot of anger out there. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of feelings that people have. Because our world is going through it right now. And God is watching. And God is hearing the prayers. And God is concerned about how we're doing and what we're doing. This scripture... Wherever I go, it's always people's favorite. Even if I took it off, and I said, For I know what? The plans I have for you. Plans to? So we all know it. Because we all grab a hold of this scripture. And in any language, in any country, we know this one because we grab a hold of it. Yeah, I know it's a promise made to the Israelites in the seventh century prophet, seventh century prophet, to about their future. But the reason it's recorded is so that we will know God's heart, so that we will know how God feels about each of us, so that we can know God. And this is God's heart. I love this picture because the one I think it's how God feels about us. He wants us to just rest in His hands. He wants you to trust Him. And to be at peace in His hands. That feeling, if you could remember back when you were a little kid, when you were two years old, or five years old, and you were just on your mom or dad's lap, and the world was safe. Because dad was in charge. Or because mom was there. And this is the safety that God wants for all of us. This picture reminds me of when my first daughter was born. Hialeah Hospital, South Florida. And I remember, I thought we were having a boy. We didn't cheat, we didn't know. And they handed her to me and I said, isn't he beautiful? And they said, no, not him. And they pulled back the blanket. Oh, isn't she beautiful? But I remember when I was holding her, and those of you who have kids, you know what I'm talking about. 
I was just blown away. I was in love. I was like, wow! And I remember just looking at her and wanting the best life for her to take care of her. I want everything to be great for her. I remember I was scared. I was scared I might drop her or something. And I remember when we drove home, we drove home really slow. And I was like, nobody hit me. Nobody hit me. And I was even scared to carry her in the back. I didn't want to leave the hospital. They were like, okay, it's time to go. I was like, are you sure? Because here we got nurses and doctors all around us. What if something goes wrong? But I just felt so much love. And I remember going through that with each of my kids. That's me. And if Jesus and Jesus said, if you who are evil can love your kids that much, how much more does God love them? How much more God loves every baby born? And you're that baby. You were once literally the newborn. But he hasn't stopped loving you any more than I've stopped loving my kids. And I love them even more. How much God loves you. You could spend your whole life trying to grasp and understand that. And you should. And you will never understand how deeply he loves you. How much he cares about you. How much you mean to him. And how much he wants your life to be great. He has plans to prosper you. To give you hope and a future. And the thing about God is that he doesn't just feel that about us here in this room. He feels it about everybody. Because that's God. God is love. And He feels that about every single baby born, every single baby grown up out there. Even if when they pray, they don't know who they're praying to. Even if when they pray, they're praying to somebody else, but He still hears it. And He still cares about them. And whether they're disciples or not, I mean, I think probably it's such a joy to hear the disciples' prayers and to, be, and to, and to see us in action. But how much must he hurt for those who don't know him? I mean, I've had my kids, our kids, they, they all grew up, we taught them about God, and, and, and I've got one wandering right now, trying to figure out where he's at spiritually. Do you think I love him any less? Who do you think I worry about more? God loves so deeply and loves all of us. I love this picture because I think it's how we look to Him. And all our varieties and shades of colors and cultures and backgrounds. And, and, and you know what we all have in common? We all eat rice. But we all cook it so different. I love fried rice. That's not my culture, but I love it. I love all kinds. I think... The variety of us as a people is what makes us so interesting and fun. But God loves all of us. And there's so many things in this world to divide us and separate us. Mostly from Him. And He's working so hard to keep us 
and pull us together as his family. Here's the reality out there. And he sees all these children and what they're going through. And it breaks his heart. He cares. I ran across this scripture. And I was reading through Exodus. And it stunned me about God's heart. You know, it's, it's, of course, this is God speaking to Moses about his people. He says, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey. This tells us a lot about God. Again, it was written to Moses about the Israelites or the Hebrews in Egypt. But why is it recorded? So we would know God's heart. And what can we learn from God's heart? Well, one, He sees. When you're in pain, He sees it. When you're going through difficult times, when you're not doing well, when you're going through hardship, He sees it. When somebody is hungry, He sees it. When somebody's hurt, when somebody's suffering, He sees. And this is important. Why? Because I've been in a lot of countries where lots of people are walking around who are poor and struggling. And I notice something that happens is we learn to just ignore them. And we just keep walking. And we don't notice them. We don't look at them. We don't acknowledge them. We don't speak to them. They literally become invisible to us. I was in India and it was overwhelming how many kids were out there. And I noticed nobody looks at them. They're invisible. But God sees them. God sees them. But He not only sees, He says... I've seen the misery of my people in Egypt and I heard them crying. He also hears them. He hears our prayers. When we cry out, He is listening. He hears their prayers. When they're asking for help, He hears those prayers. He not only sees, and He not only sees and hears, but He says, I am concerned about their suffering. And God is concerned about what's happening in our world. He's concerned about all those people hungry. He's concerned that there are children dying from diseases that we already have cures for. Who cares? God cares. He's concerned. And you know the beautiful thing about His people is God's people care. It's why we have such an impact when we send a youth corps, or we send a a medical corps, or we send a volunteer corps. And for many people, it's the first time that somebody looks at them in their eyes and is genuinely concerned for them. I was with a group, and it was a support group for single moms in one of the the townships in South Africa. And the women were sharing, and, and... 
And, the, and they were telling me how the first thing they do is they just tell them, you're beautiful, you're valuable. They'd never heard that in their whole lives. They've always been told they're trash and they're worthless. And they need to know that they're valuable, that they're beautiful, and that God loves them. I realize this. You know, sometimes people ask me, well, you see all this stuff, doesn't it affect you? Yeah, it does. Does it overwhelm you? No. Why? Because God fills my heart back up. Because God strengthens me. And I see disciples go to these places and give their hearts, and God strengthens them. And God helps them to keep loving, keep serving. Sometimes we get scared. What if I give too much? What if I sacrifice? What if I serve too much? You don't have to worry about that. God will fill you back up. And God will take care of you. Because you're doing His work. You're doing His deed. He says, I am concerned about their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land. Here's a really cool thing about God. God is a God who rescues He rescues. And so what are His people? His people are people who rescue. We see, we hear, we're concerned, so we rescue each other. We say, well, who's God sending? He said, in this case, He sent Moses. Who's He sending? He's sending you. He's sending me. To make a difference. And sometimes... It could be somebody halfway around the world, but sometimes it could be the person sitting next to you. It could be somebody in your Bible talk. It could be somebody in your neighborhood. Maybe there's a neighbor in desperate need. And God is hoping you will talk to that neighbor and know them well enough to find out that they're in desperate need. And sometimes it's spiritual need that somebody's struggling, going through a hard time. But being the people who are concerned enough to ask, Bro, how you doing? Sister, how are you? Concerned enough to see and to hear and to take action. I wrote this poem um, on a plane flight. I was on the way back from Africa. It says... Like a witness to a crime, I have to testify. Here's my deposition. I wrote it down one night on a plane flight from Africa, or Latin America, or Asia, or somewhere. It is ruthless and prejudiced. It hates everybody with life. It devours dignity and steals all self-worth. It wraps itself in violence, murder, and strife. It is the storm that never ends, the pain that will not cease. It kills confidence and hijacks the future. It leaves in its wake heartache, defeat, and despair. Everyone within reach, it rapes, abuses, and robs without a care. It turns color into gray, laughter into tears. It takes your soul's nourishment and feeds all your fears. All that, it is, all that is good, it twists, it deforms, mangles, pollutes, and corrupts. It enslaves, it deceives, offering, offering freedom and dope, making addicts of children with no way to cope. Its name is poverty. 
But our name is hope. You are hope. You are hope. When you ask somebody, how you doing? What can I do for you? When you reach out and love somebody who's in need. When you give somebody food who's hungry. When you share. When you give money so that somebody can get help. You are hope. More than that, you are the light of the world. Jesus said, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither does anybody light a lamp and place it under a bowl. No, they set it on a stand so it gives light to the whole house. He said, in the same way, let your good deeds shine. So that others may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You guys are the light of the world. Our world's got a lot of challenges right now. There's a lot of anger out there. There's a lot of problems out there. There's a lot of people searching for a way. Searching for a leader. We have the way. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the leader. We know the way. You are the light of the world because you know the way. You know the Lord. You are the light of the world because you know God. In a world of people that don't know God or know a false God or know a fake God, you know the real God. And you know that He is love. You are the light of the world because you love each other. Even though you're different, even though you cook your rice different, even though you're in all shades of color and different languages, you still love each other. You are the light of the world. Because when you hurt each other, and you do hurt each other, you reconcile, you talk it out, you forgive each other, and you keep on loving each other. You forgive one another. In a world where people don't forgive, where where vendettas and anger can last literally thousands of years. And you, before the sun goes down, gets reconciled. You are the light of the world. Because you not only care about yourselves, you care about people you may never meet, you may never see, you may never be thanked by. But you keep giving to them. And you keep caring about them. And you keep praying for them. And you keep sacrificing for them. You are the light of the world. And I'm grateful for all that you do I'm grateful to be part of what you do, a part of this family, this beautiful family we have around the world. God bless you. Let's let's close out with a prayer. God in heaven, we thank you that you've blessed us so much, God. We thank you for these blessings. We thank you that all the opportunities and resources that you've given us. And and we pray, Father, that we will understand the importance of those blessings we have. We pray that we can be a light to the world. That we can love and serve and sacrifice and give. That we can make more disciples to go out and love and serve and give. We pray that we 
will have the heart that you have, God. That we will be the ones who see those invisible children. Who hear their voices. Who have concern in our hearts and take action. That we're willing to go when we're sent. Whether it's go to our neighbor or go to another town or go to another country. Or wherever you would send us, help us, God, to have the faith, the heart, the love to do that, God. And help us to shine brightly. And help people to see you in us, God. So that they would glorify you and be with you forever. We love you, God. We praise you. We thank you for this wonderful family you've given us around the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're dismissed.